On the next episode of Fathers Who Bother, I chop it up with Grammy-nominated producer Wildfire about growing up in a family of car enthusiasts, his son being born on his birthday, why he originally wanted a girl, raising a toddler during a pandemic, and more. Welcome to Fathers Who Bother, a podcast for men who are dad as we want to be. My next guest is a multi-platinum, two-time Grammy-nominated producer hailing from Philadelphia, PA. A remixed project of Jay-Z's Black album led to multiple placements like Nas and Jay-Z's Black Republican, Nas's death anniversary, money over bullshit, war is necessary, and some more. He also produced Last of a Dying Breed, and I do it for hip-hop for Ludacris. Not to mention tracks for TDE's Black Hippie and Kendrick Lamar's Cushion Corinthians, a personal favorite. But today, this muscle car enthusiast and proud member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated is going to talk about his latest gig as father. Please welcome Wildfire to the podcast. What's up, bro? Uh, now, good, sir. How you doing? I can't complain. I can't complain. You, you smiled when I said muscle car enthusiast because I went through your... <laughs> I went to your Instagram. It was nothing but cars. That's usually like where I do my homework for this. Yeah. I was like, no pictures and no kids here. It's all cars. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's crazy. Um, started at a young age and probably came from my pops and his pops or whatever. So mm-hmm. he always had us around cars and just while he working on them. And then my brother, you know, I got an older brother, so he was deep into it. So then I got into it. Now little man's getting into it. It's kind of crazy. Oh, word. Okay, so yeah. let, let's go there. So usually I start with the kids, but since you went with the started with dad, let's start with dad. So dad was a, a car enthusiast. Do you remember with the first car you saw drive your dad driving? Um, a Monte Carlo, um, 80 something. I can't remember the exact year. Mm. It was an 80 something Monte Carlo. And it was crazy because uh, it was like green, which mm. actually those colors is kind of coming back. But it matched the color of the house, which was kind of crazy, you know what I'm saying? But it was it was a hot whip, had a little green steel wheels, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then you kind of souped it up, you know, built the engine up and little things like that. Mom used to be like, yo, that John's too loud, yo, what are you doing? But we liked it, you know what I'm saying? So kind of started with that and then my, uh, his brothers, my uncles. So This was in Philly? Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. Is your father a Philly native too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom and my dad, they're both from, uh, my dad's actually from North Philly. And my mom is from, I guess, technically West Philly. So okay. that's where I was born, West Philly, you know, Mount Pleasant Avenue. West Philadelphia, you're born and raised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do got to say, cats tell me I got to start claiming Jersey more because, you know, we moved to South Jersey and back to Philly and back to South Jersey. The cats mm-hmm. know the area is like across the bridge, but. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Willenboro, you know, shout out to Pensalk and all that good stuff. Gotta so what was, what was your relationship like with your dad growing up? Um, man, I was pretty tight with my dad, um, you know, so it, it's crazy. Um, you know, like a lot of situations, you know, we go through, you know, good good times and bad times, ups and downs. <clears throat> so when we was young, man, I mean, all we knew is Pops was, you know, working. He was fun. You know, he's from the street, so he didn't play, you know, all that good stuff. And uh, we were very close, took us fishing, you know, um, all that good stuff. And I always tell my brother and my mom, it's kind of crazy because, you know, my pops, like I said, a hard worker and all that good stuff. Um, but it was actually a point when he actually kind of turned to the streets. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was more so, and I always say it was like a blessing because it was more so once we were kind of teens, 
Mm. I don't want to put too much out there, but you know, it was kind of once we were teens, you know what I'm saying? Things got a little bit rough. Mm. And you know, Pops is like, yo, I gotta provide for the family. You know, Miles is working multiple jobs. And he, you know, he, he kind of turned to the streets and um, you know, did what he had to do. Um, so he kind of showed us the hard work piece, and then he showed us the other hard work piece, mm. you know what I'm saying? And um, you know, end up okay. You know, it was a point in time when he was done with that, kind of came back to you know the other side and we got through what we had to get through. So a lot of details I'm leaving out, but of course, of course, <laughs> you know. But you know, I, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the honesty, and it's actually kind of inspiring to know that you can get out of that life because the, the, yeah. we usually the the conventional wisdom is you know the only way out of that life is jail or on your back and exactly. the fact that he was able to get out and get back to his family i mean that's that's good that's that's yeah. the way it should be you know we should be allowed to you know we all make mistakes so we all do things that maybe we shouldn't have done at some point but that that right. shouldn't define who we are Right. as people for our entire lives you know so i'm glad that he was able to turn turn it around and you guys didn't follow in his footsteps because you know that's that's usually the, the other thing they're like oh well, daddy did it yeah <laughs> exactly you know he used to always say um you know he's still alive i speak like i said used to like he's not still here he's still here you know by the grace of god mm. um he would say you know i'm showing y'all what not to do Mm. And I remember we used to be like, man, get out of here showing us what not to do. You know, what's that mean? But I, I kind of understand it. It's like he didn't go out and sacrifice himself to show us what not to do. But, you know, mm. it was just, you know, things that needed to be done. And, and it's kind of funny being a father now. I was just telling my wife, I was like, yo, I understand some of the things that I didn't understand, mm. you know, as a kid. Because um, it's like once you get kids and when you have a family, you got to do what you got to do. And, you know, him, you know, coming up, you know, saying kids, you know, so you come up in the eighties and the nineties, I mean, it wasn't sweet really yet for black men, especially, you know, working a job. My dad is a, um, he's a printer by trade. Mm. So, you know, he worked with his hands, blue collar, all that good stuff. And, you know, things get tough. Who even knows what kind of things he had to deal with on a job, you know what I'm saying? And he's, you know, he's a prideful man, he ain't no punk. He's not about to let you talk crazy. You know right. what I'm saying? And, um, and you know, at some point, like you said, you got to do what you got to do to support your family. And, um, you know, did what he had to do, you know, and we, we, we never went without a meal. We never went with the power off, none of that, none of that stuff. Mm. And, um, you know, there's folks that, you know, once he, once he kind of got out, he's, he kind of started pulling folks out. So, it's, mm. you know, so my pop was known as Unk, you know, around the way. And he used to like, you know, I had cousins that was, you know, I won't say what they was involved in. They was involved in a lot. And mm -hmm. you know, he, he became like, you know, that father figure to them to kind of pull them out and say, yo, I understand. I understand you got to do what you got to do. But at some point, you know, you want to see your kids, you want to get out. And mm -hmm. he kind of became known as that guy, that guy, a good dude trying to get you out. I did it. Y'all don't got to do it. Trust me. So he actually helped save a lot of brothers, man, to be honest with you, especially that's, my friend. That's dope. That's dope. Man. No. So. I'm curious, what did he, well, you, you talk about your mom too, but what do your parents think about when you decided to go into music? Because you went to college and, yep. you know, when we go to college, we're not supposed to come out rapping and DJing and shit. We're supposed to be lawyers, yeah. doctors, yeah. engineers. So exactly. <laughs> what, did your, what do your parents and in particular your father think when you decided music was your calling? Yeah. You know, I, I probably got 
my love for music from my dad. Um, it's actually fun. I, I'll never forget. He actually taught me how to play, I don't know if it's chopsticks, something silly like that on my aunt's uh, piano back in the day. So he actually taught me how to play my first song. Mm-hmm. And so he's always a music head, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then my mom, you know, so, you know, she's proud, but I kind of kept it on the low. I kind of downplayed it, to be honest with you. And I never told about this before, but, you know, so, you know, when things was rough, you know, we got closer, you know, with the Lord and then more into church. Hmm. So, because obviously I wasn't doing gospel. And I didn't really tell moms exactly what was going on. You know what I'm saying? It was just a hobby. I know my boy gave me some programs to try at the house and she probably didn't even really put two and two together. She thought I was just, just making beats and my homeboy, you know, rapped or whatever. Hmm. Um, but I think the first time I told her, I started talking to her about the Nas stuff. And she was like, cool, cool. And I was like, yo, but just, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not going to quit my job. I'm not going to whatever. I'm not going to go too far this way. You know, make sure things are still taken care of or whatever. And then kind of like once the records started coming out and, um, you know, nominated for a Grammy, that's why I was like, hey, let me, let me kind of tell you what's really going on. <laughs> Which one was Wait. the first Grammy nomination? The first Grammy nomination actually is funny. It was actually Missy Elliott. So hmm. um, my mentor, my first, I was very blessed to have two mentors. Shout out to St. Nick. Uh, shout out to LES. So St. Nick, um, he's the one that heard the the, the street record, the black um, album classic, what I called it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the first one to heard it. He was cool with my cousin. He was like, yo, who's this? Bring him to the studio, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so um, he actually, we, I worked with him. He was working with So So Deaf, took me under his wing, mm-hmm. literally taught me how to produce a session, you know, so I didn't know how to stack vocals. I didn't know how to, you know, do any of the engineering type stuff. He mm-hmm. taught me how to do that, took me on a roll with him. And so he worked on Missy Elliott's album on the cookbook. Mm-hmm. And um, and actually he let me produce on one version um, that didn't, it didn't go on the album, but I was kind of playing like some Jodeci guitar type stuff. And he was level, we were just vibing out or whatever. Um, but I ended up recording a lot of the instruments that we did use. And so mm-hmm. I got my first credit as an engineer. Right. Um, and then that album got nominated for a Grammy. So that was the first Grammy nomination. And you told mom and dad, hey, mom and dad, I got nominated for a Grammy. Yeah, I might have even showed her the um, booklet. You know, remember back you used to get booklets? <laughs> hmm I might have showed her the booklet. She's like, what's that? It's like, yo, your boy, you do a little something, something. <laughs> it's so, official. It's official. <laughs> and I was so gassed to have my name in that credit. It was my government name, so it wasn't Wildfire, you know, nothing like that. Right, but right, right. I was so gassed. I was like, yo, I'm in the credits, you know. But she was proud. I was like, okay, well, we're going to keep going. Now, you told her you didn't quit your day job. You were building websites. So what were you doing then? Um, what was this? Three or four? Yo, one or two things. Um, either I was working at Sears Outlet, selling banked out refrigerators, because I was finishing school. Um or I was actually doing my first job out of school with sales. So mm-hmm. I did technical sales. Um, so I was doing one of those two things. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which one I was doing, but one of those two things. And then eventually I ended up working in a laboratory, just like testing, you know, I think foods and stuff like that. So making sure your mayonnaise tastes good and all that good stuff. Wow, you, know you did some, some different stuff coming out of college. Yeah. Let yeah. us know, let folks know where you went undergrad. Uh, undergrad, um, so actually I started at Hampton University mm-hmm. 
And um, I was there like three years and then I'm um, actually transferred to, I was majoring in chemical engineering mm-hmm. and I actually transferred to uh, Morehouse. And uh, Morehouse didn't actually have engineering. They had a dual degree program with uh, Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. So I did um, chemistry at Morehouse and I did chemical engineering at Georgia Tech. So it was like a blessing in disguise. I actually kind of got an extra degree out of the whole process. Right. So, years yeah. ago, you told me a crazy story about you trying, you not trying, but you making beats in the computer lab at Georgia Tech. Yeah. Reco- recount that story for me because it yeah. was wild the way, it was nuts what you tra- yeah. what you had to do to make beats. So. Yeah, like it was actually, um, it was actually at, um, at Spelman. Mm. Um, cause it's like, so Morehouse computer lab, it was okay, but, um, shit, Spelman had the bomb computers, you know, Bill Cosby was giving them all that money. So they had the good computer center or whatever. And my boy gave me a copy of, uh, Fruity Loops mm. and, you know, we was just working off the demo copy. You couldn't really save anything. So we would go over to Spelman with the good computers and make beats in that computer lab. So it'd be a whole bunch of shorties, beautiful ladies in the lab. They probably working and we either like making beats and stuff. And like I said, since it was a demo version, because you know, we was broke, you couldn't like save and come back. So you had to finish the whole beat. <laughs> so we all in the computer lab making albums. You know what I'm saying? Well, gotta do what you gotta you do. You had to export whatever you worked on right then whatever and there. Whatever you worked on. If you didn't finish it, you're done. Is you can't even get it back. Wow. Yeah. So fast forward to Black Republican. Yep. How did that happen? And where were you in your life? What was mm-hmm. going on in your life at that time? Um, so yeah, I mean, I was still, you know, I was still young, single, and all that good stuff. So um, like I said, St. Nick um got the demo, took me under his wing, mm-hmm. you know, taught me actually how to produce. All right, good stuff. Met a lot of cool folks. Um, and then I don't even remember how he got up with LES, but he was like, yo, this one you really need to be working with, man. LES, this is Nas, this DJ. I was like, oh, yeah, I heard of LES. You know, I grew up on Nas, all that good stuff. And then um, I met him, and I don't even know how we got talking, but that's where the website piece came into play. Mm. So LES was like, you know, yeah, good to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And I had gave him a copy of, I guess we'll call it a demo. Mm-hmm. He was like, cool. He, he said he gave it to his mans and whatever. Check it out. But then somehow um, I brought up websites and I did a little bit of um, a little bit of Bill Gates on them. I told him I could build websites. I couldn't really build websites. But I was like, yeah, I can build your website. Da, 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 da. He's like, oh, word? That's what I'm definitely looking for. My nigga, I, um, I can say that, right? I can say that. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I took the whole weekend. And taught myself how to do HTML, which I guess was popping um, mid 2000s, right? Right. And and then I built his website for him. Um, wow. And then he's like, "Yo, this is hot." Then one day he was like, "Yo, my man said he listened to that CD, and it was kind of hot. I didn't get a chance to listen to it. Send me another copy." And then I sent him another copy, and then he listened to it, and I sent him some beats. He's like, "Yo, yo, we 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 should maybe work." And then it kind of we just went from there. Mentor number two. That's hot. I remember that first hearing that, like the idea that Jay and Nas were on a record together was already crazy. But then finding out who did the beat, I'm like, oh, this beat is hard. How did that feel? Like knowing not not just one giant, but two giants were going to on a record you produced. Man. Um, 
I don't know if I if I believed it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I I still don't believe it. I mean, because um, I say that was my first official placement. Technically, Death Anniversary came out before that. Mm-hmm. That kind of that was on uh, DJ Clue's album right. at the time. But I mean, that was my start. And I, to me, to me, that's kind of when I knew it was meant to be. Like, so it's weird. I had a um, I had a dream way before that. Before I even remixed the album, the reason I even did the Jay Z remix album. I had a dream and it was like mad vivid. You know, I was in the studio with Hope and I can like see his face so clear and he was just saying different things or whatever. And I was just like, yo, that felt real. And then like, um, you know, Kev Brown had remixed the Black album. His John was The Brown hot. album. Yep, I remember. Woo! That John was high. And I think somebody else did it. And I was like, yo, first of all, everybody keeps doing this. So time is getting short. Right. So I was like, yo, I, I'm going I'm to give it a try. And remixing it, I felt like I, I got, you know, I got to know, you know, how Hov do his lyrics and how he do his flows and all that intimately, intimately just, you know, working with the uh, with the acapellas and all that good stuff. And it never felt like it was the weirdest thing. It, it didn't feel like work. It just felt like I needed to do it. Like uh, my roommate at the time was like, yo, I, I remember you used to be in there and I got to get up and go to work at nine. You stood on there banging out. I was like, yeah, I know. I had to be at work at nine too. But it was just something was like, finish this, finish this. Mm. Um, so it kind of, honestly, man, it felt, it felt divinely inspired, you know, it was meant to be, you know, that to do that with Jay and then actually get my start with Nas is kind of crazy. Mm. And then, you know, the way the story goes, you know, I wasn't there when they recorded, you know, that particular day. I have been in the studio with him, but not that day. Mm-hmm. And Nas was playing a joint and then Hope came in and he was like, yo, what's this? Elias was telling me the story. And then he started um, mumbling something or whatever. And Nas was like, yo, say it in the booth. Mm. You know, and El Tumman, and I was like, yo, okay. <laughs> you know, but I'm like, all right, so there's like 50 steps to, I said this on Twitter before, it's like 50 steps to a record getting place. You know, they gotta, you gotta get it to them. Just a mm. thousand middlemen, get it to them. Do they listen to it? Do they like it? Do they record to it? Do they like what they recorded? Mm-hmm. You know, do they keep it? You know, does it fit the, the album itself? If it does, do they want to pay you for it? Because there's a mm-hmm. whole bunch of other stuff. You know, is the album coming out? You know, all these things you, you got to go through as a producer. Mm-hmm. So I, it's like I can never celebrate. And then finally, when 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 I heard it was played in New York, Flex dropped some bombs in the house. Like, Yo, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Cass has hit me like, yo, almost like uh, the five heartbeats. Like, yo, <laughs> records on the radio. I was like, wow, that's it, right? Did you, did you run home and tell mom and dad? Were you living at home at this time or were you out on your own? Nah, I was on my own living in Atlanta. Okay. When it dropped. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I, I, I told my mom and my dad, you know, like I said, they was, they was, they was happy, they was proud. My pops, like I said, he music head, so. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like, wow, congratulations. And I was like, you know, this is just one we're going to keep going. Don't worry, mom, I ain't going to get too crazy with it. You know, with the, you know, the crazy stuff you can get into with the music industry and all that good stuff. I ain't going to do that. But right. I'm going to do this music thing. So it, it felt good. man. It was a blessing. So when did the the, the wedding happen? Hmm. Man, we're actually, uh, we got married in uh, 2018. So that was just not that long ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, technically new, newlywed ish. Yeah. We're right there. We're right there. We got like three months left. 
Well, congratulations. I appreciate that, brother. So you, you married in 218. And so the, when does the baby come? Yeah, so the little man was born uh, 2019 on my birthday. So ironically. Same word. Gift, yeah, the greatest gift you can get um, is a child. You know what I'm saying? And to get him on my birthday, it was just a blessing. And so um, it's funny because he was due on the 18th. My mm-hmm. birthday is the 20th of July. Hers is the 22nd. And so he was like, yo, he could hire my dad is the 16th, 18th. That's kind of, you know, 16, 18, 20, 22. It was like, wait, 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 you know, Paul, wait, you're the 18th? Yeah. I'm 20th. You're the 20th. Yeah, my dad's the 16th. 20th. And your dad's the 16th. Oh, yeah. yeah. The he was due on the 18th. You the 18th? I'm the 18th. Oh, he was doing your birthday, brother. He, oh, you know wow. He was about to be like 16, 18, 20, 22. But then he's like, nah. I'm gonna take your day, Dad. I was like, all right, come on. You got it. You got it. <laughs> so you got it, bro. So he's born on the 20th, man. And it was, you know, to God be the glory. It was the greatest thing ever, dude. Take me through that day. Your birthday, a birthday on your birthday. Birthday on your birthday. Right. Yep. What ha- talk to me about that day. Like when when you woke up, mm-hmm. the wife's in is she was she in labor when you woke up? Um yeah, actually, so she started on the 19th. She started around 11. Mm-hmm. So she started around about 10 something. Let's say, let's say 1040. Right. And so we had a doula um, and we were talking, you know, to them on the phone. And it's kind of funny. I didn't, personally, I didn't think they was responding fast enough. They was like, okay, yeah, they're about, you know, half a far apart. So yeah, you're probably good. You do your breathing exercises. You can make it to the morning. And then I started, um, I tried this little app. And someone working right, I was like, this ain't working. So I just got a piece of paper and a pencil and I started writing down the times of the contractions. I was like, cross over to zero. Hey, baby, you're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it to the morning. You're not gonna make it, I don't think. So um, they got closer and closer. And then, um, I don't know, whatever the standard is, under 10 minutes or five minutes, something like that. It was around 1140 mm-hmm. or 1120 on July mm-hmm. 19th. And I was like, yo, this ain't gonna happen. You ain't not gonna make it to the morning. So we got together, we went to the hospital and, um, you know, she she kind of, you know, she went there, she was good to go. She she probably gave birth to him maybe like four something in the morning. Hmm. So, four something in the morning? Yep, on, on, on July 20th. So. On July 20th, wow. Yeah, yep, so. So I usually ask this question beforehand, but when did you first find out you were going to be a dad? Um, so it, it's actually, it's actually crazy. Um, how she did, how she did it was, okay. I got to go into the story a little bit. So, um, we don't, we don't talk about this a whole lot. So we thought she was pregnant previously, 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 um, she actually was pregnant or we thought she was pregnant mm. and, um, and she actually, she she it's funny how she did it that particular time. She bought these shell toe Adidas because she know I'm a, um well I didn't know I was a sneakerhead, but then she realized how much sneakers I've been buying. I'm like, oh, I guess I am a sneakerhead. I don't know. So she know I like shell top Adidas amongst other things. And she had brought some baby shell top Adidas. Mm-hmm. And then she had set it up like she bought me a present and some sneakers. I'm like, all right, what's in here? And then I open it up and it's baby shoes. And it's the actual test results. And I was like, no, 
get out of here. No. And so it was like, yeah. So she was, she was pregnant. Um, but I don't, we, we don't know what happened. There was never really, you know, any, 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 any actual loss of a child or whatever, but we went to actually start kind of getting the scans. Mm-hmm. It was, it's the strangest. It was never a baby. Mm-hmm. So we actually, you know, experienced an unfortunate situation, not exactly sure what happened, mm-hmm. but all I can say is it wasn't time yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And definitely um, I kind of put it on the lines of, you know, I didn't even realize one in three women actually, I believe the number is, is one mm-hmm. in three or one in four actually will lose a child oftentimes the first time. Yeah. And, and like I said, so we kind of put it in that vein, mm-hmm. um, although there was never really, you know, a, a child there and her body gave the signals of being pregnant. And, and like, um, I believe the, um, you know, the, I don't know the proper terms um, for it, but like there was a cavity, like it was going to be a child there, but it was never really a child there. Mm-hmm. It was kind of crazy. Wow. So we had that that disappointment, but um, then, you know, and that may have been, that was probably within a year, less than a year later, mm-hmm. we actually, you know, started trying again. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, how, did, how did she do it? That time, um, she kind of tied it together. You know, somehow those sneakers came back into play. And I, I don't, <laughs> And then I think I think she she did something similar, but with the sneaker, and um, and then it was like, wait a minute, what are you saying? What are you saying? And it's like she was pregnant. And this time she was actually pregnant, and so it was a it was a beautiful thing. And then you know, from there everything went really smooth. But did you, know, you find God, out? Did you find out you were having a boy ahead of time, or did you wait? Yeah, yeah. We I was I was kind of debating if I wanted to do it if I wanted to know, but yeah, we, we found out it was a boy. So, yeah. So what, what, were you, what was going through your mind? He's like, I'm gonna have a boy, I'm gonna have a son. You know, it's crazy because at first, at first, don't tell my son, I wanted a girl. <laughs> <laughs> this is on the internet though, forever so. It is what it is. <laughs> Not, so at first, I wanted a girl only because I was like, yeah, you know, kids gonna outgrow you. I love the relationship you got with your pops. You know what I mean? He can kiss you, cuddle you forever. At some point, little boys are going to be like, yo, get off me. I was like, yo, I want a little girl. You know what I mean? But then it's kind of like, but I also want somebody to carry my name and mm. all these other things. So I, I went from wanting a girl to kind of being neutral. You know what I'm saying? And then when it was a boy, it was like, yo, it's a boy. Let's go. You know, Connor <laughs> got Eagles fan. Let's do it. You mm. know, so. So this was a um... 2019? 2019, yep. 2019. This is the year before the panty. The year before the panty, bro. Like, <laughs> yo, we got pictures of playing with him at the park, and we had wiped down the swing and stuff, and it felt like the Terminator, like, opening scene, like, because it was literally, they closed that park down, like, the next day. Wow. So, like, yeah, it was, it was the very... 19 into 20, we didn't really know, but it was probably already here. Mm. And ever since then, you know, that's been his childhood. We try to get out and do things, you mm. know, look for um, opportunities like the Children's Museum. If they're being safe, you know what I'm saying? We go to little farm hay rides, little fun stuff. Mm. We went to one last week and there was too many folks. We was like, nah, can't do it. You know, so we're trying to still give him fun things to do, you know what I'm saying? So he's not totally in the house and not, you know, in society in general. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he came right before 
The pandemic. <laughs> pandemic baby. The pandemic baby. <laughs> so how, how prepared did you feel for fatherhood when you had your son? Um, you know, um, financially, I felt like, you know, you know, blessed to be in a good place financially, emotionally, um, thinking I was ready physically, bruh, there's no <laughs> sleep. As you know, there's no sleep. <laughs> and I don't None. think you realize how it is. Like that kid don't care. Like, he don't care. Like, there's no method to it. I got a homeboy going through it right now. So I was like, yo, there's no preparation for that. We tried different things. We tried shifts. We tried, just like, no, you just cannot be prepared for that. Um, you the know, shift and then thing. Now, we did the shift thing with our son. Really? I was, I was at the source at the time. So mm -hmm. I was working later hours. So she would take the first shift. And when I would come home, then I would feed him. And then mm -hmm. she would take over when he wakes, when he woke up. Mm -hmm. we were lucky it didn't work that way for a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people don't get that lucky yeah so it's funny because for us he was good in the beginning so mm -hmm. we was like oh we about to skate through this switched it up totally switched it up it. yes sir <laughs> was he sleeping in his own bed not initially no mm -hmm. not initially Nah, she was she was co-sleeping in the beginning right. um and um you know it's funny because she, she she's well well read on all that good stuff mm -hmm. and she knew all the risks of doing that so she was you know very careful with it and then eventually you know we got him in his crib um but it's funny in the beginning i kind of felt like you know, because there's so much risk you know with when a child's an infant and even into a toddler um i felt secure with her being there so you know it kind of worked out you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. um then you know he, he he did well you know we had to deal with the crying pretty much one night you know maybe two nights you know i got a picture of me in the crib holding him you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's a, it's a contact sport. You know, parenting is a contact sport. But he's a good dude, man. Eventually, he's probably like, you know what? This bad thing's going to work out fine. Y'all going to do y'all thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. I know he's young, but what's, what's he like? What's his personality yeah. like? It, it, was he now two? Yeah, two and a half. Two and a Yo, half. Yo, he's hilarious. He is hilarious. And he speaks so well and i didn't realize that too people keep telling us he's been talking for like well over not well over a year but he's been talking before he was two mm. and um we we just we just speak to him regular and i kind of like doing it i'll be saying bro and da 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 da, da and just kind of just playing around being silly but i, I speak to him regularly mm. um and he and i think that kind of helped him you know pick up and then my wife she's awesome you know, she was actually working when we first had him and then she we decided she was going to stay home, mm. you know, and then um, in true um, boss fashion while being home, you know, she actually started started her own company. Mm. Uh, she's like, yeah, I'm just going to start some remote stuff, you know, you know, just get some money here and there, whatever. I was like, babe, you, you know, you, you're good. You don't got to do it. But she's she's like, yo, this, this is who she is, you know, as a person. Um, and then now, now she's kind of built it up and she's kind of turning clients down and stuff. And, you know, so she's still here and he's still here. Um, so she still takes care of him. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why we made sure he's like, you know, we're going to build you a real nice office. We actually just bought this house um, two and a half months ago. So, oh, okay. Congrats. Yeah, Congrats. Studio, appreciate that. Brother, God is good. Studio mm -hmm. is uh, got some equipment, got some couches and a TV. So I'm still doing it, but she's got the office all set up. So, um, so yeah, so he's he's here and she's done an excellent job with him. 
you know, she's got a master's in early childhood education. So I'm like, mm. you can't ask for mm. more than that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. just really blessed, man. What was He's a um, funny dude? Funny dude. <laughs> what was going on with you professionally when your son was born? Like, what song? Is there a song that's a timestamp of mm-hmm. what were you working on at the time? Um, I don't know if the world has heard it yet. You might hear it. So I was mm-hmm. kind of working with. So um, I actually started building a relationship with uh, rapper Pooh mm. and Big Doe and my guy Rich down in um, Charlotte. And so I got to know Luke. Mm. Um, you know, signed to Dreamville during that time. And um, shout out to my, my boy Kills, who was another dope artist. And we actually did the whole album that I have posted mm. on uh, on Twitter. Um, so it was actually in that space of getting to know Luke, getting to know Rapper, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, working, you know, on loose material. So around 2019, I think that's when we first started working, maybe a little before that. So I was down in Charlotte here and there and just um, mm-hmm. sending them stuff back and forth. So I was in a real gritty, you know, grimy, hardcore drums. You know, I had a placement in a little bit. I'm about to, you know, get my revenge type <laughs> ill mood. You know what I'm saying? And the, the music was coming out kind of hard, you know, like Dilla Drum, shout out to the GOAT. Not, you know, you can't actually have Dilla Drums, but you know what I'm saying? Hardcore drums. Right. Um, and all that good stuff. So I was in a good place musically. You know what I mean? A little man came and I'm making R&B, bro. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> did ha- did becoming a dad change your style a little bit did it soften you up i know you're joking but did it, yeah. did it change it a little bit it, it did man like you find your voice being higher you know when you talking like what's up little man like oh you know making a video can't even post it on facebook because you sound crazy <laughs> like oh that's not me talking um, but yeah, yeah, he, he, he softened me up, man, with his smile and, and just the way he is and, you know, his voice and, you know, watching him go into the studio and pick on the guitar and wants to sit on my lap and play the keys and stuff. And, you know, I'm just like, wow. I mean, I still kind of am able to channel aggressive energy to kind of make some hardcore hip hop stuff. But, you know, I definitely find myself kind of playing, you know, some smoother things, you know, filled with a lot of love, you know. All that good stuff. When you all happy and stuff, you know, you came in hardcore stuff. stuff. Man. I got you a new like, house and a baby. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Just soft music, bro. I need that hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Has he shown a preference for anything yet? Um, Audi RS e-tron. That is, I don't know what it is. It is, you know, the Audi RS e-tron is the new uh, electrical car. Mm. Unless you meant musically. Oh, I Music- meant musically, but oh, okay. sure, I'll take okay. cars too. Yeah, oh, well, I just know that Audi RS e-tron is his car. He sees the rings on a car somewhere. Oh, Audi RS e-tron. Like, this mm-hmm. dude is a car guy. He can tell Lambo versus Ferrari. What? He can tell Ferrari types. Like, he knows the Ferrari Roma. He knows the Stradale. Because I kind of, like, exaggerate when I say that. It's kind of wild, bro. He knows Lambo. But he says the whole Lamborghini, so it sounds hilarious. He knows Mustang. He knows Corvette. That's his favorite. This is his other favorite. So he's a true car guy, bro. It's going to be very expensive in like 15 years. <laughs> he's been asking for driving lessons when he's 10. Like, come on, Dad. Right? Exactly. We got a lot of deal with him just turning the wheels, what he calls it. Um, musically, he likes um, rock and roll. Hmm. 
because we used to kind of play around with this little um, teddy bear, do like little rock and roll stuff. So when he hears rock and roll guitar, he stops and looks up. Um, he likes anything with a good beat. He did his little Holy Spirit dance where he just be like, speech would be patent to the patent or whatever. Um, he don't like dark stuff. Sometimes we'll watch car videos and if it's something's too dark, he'd mm. be like, no, don't like that. Don't like mm. that. So, you know, so um, anything with a good beat, you know, something poppy, trappy, something like that, he'll bounce to it. You know what I mean? So. Where, where do two year two year olds listen to music now? My kids they were big on yeah. Pandora and streaming and stuff. But where is it? Yeah. Two year olds at YouTube. Like where are they listening to music? Um, for him it's just YouTube because, like I said, um, we always looking at car videos. Mm. So like, you know, they always got the little hot beat in the background. You know, while they slow motion peeling out down the street or something. So he'll 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 hear hear that. Mostly that's how he hears the music. I don't really play anything with words around him you know because you know mm. he's a sponge right now mm. or every now and then if i'm in there banging out and they come in usually you know, i gotta wait till they uh until i kind of insulate everything wait till they you know dip out run an errand and they come in and i'm in there like oh uh, uh, he'll walk in and he start bobbing his head i'm like all right turn it off because i don't want them speakers to mess with you because it's kind of <laughs> loud you know what i mean <laughs> and they'd be like no ah, music like nah we, we'll do it later bro we'll, we'll do it later we'll do it later so um so that's how he hears right now you know um he he you know he got the kitty stuff going on and then he got like the instrumental trap stuff on mm. youtube that's about that's about what he hears mm. Mm. so has grandpa been able to meet him yet yes they actually so. favor a lot a lot like i told my mom like you know my, my pop was actually uh, sick a couple of years ago and you know he actually got um actually testing got, yeah, one two three family. testing one two three folks because a lot of folks really looked out in that time frame so he's doing good now mm -hmm. i told my mom like you know we kind of got a weird sense of humor in our family i was like yo i'm glad he's not dead man because my son's name is theo he looks like daddy a lot and that would have been creepy also also a reincarnation type stuff like yo are you my dad I don't know if you're dad, but you're my dad. It's, it's wild. So he was like him a lot. Uh huh. And uh, he, he loves him. He loves him to death. They get they get along. Like, what was that? Do you remember that first meeting when your dad first met your son? Yeah, yeah. He was um, and it was probably um, actually they were all there when he was when he was born mm. that day because mom's was like, mom's is on call because they retired and moved to South Carolina by the beach, and she was like on call, and then she was like. Bump your car. I'm on, you know, the highway right now coming up. And we was like, yo, chill, chill. But, you know, they came to the hospital or whatever. So I guess the first day we came home, mm -hmm. uh, he actually held him. So he held him, you know, within the first week oh. of him being alive or whatever. I got some pretty cool pictures. Nice. Nice. Now, now my son can talk. He tells Pop Pop to make sure he brings a car or a truck when he comes up. So Pop Pop. So your pop pop has been showing your son all these cars as well as you. Is that where how he's able to tell Lambo from Ferrari? Everybody knows when they come to see Theo, they bring a car. So his grandmom on my on my wife's side, her name's Grammy. Mm -hmm. Every time she comes, she brings a car or two. <laughs> when my dad come, my mom come. They bring a car when when my wife's dad comes. Sometimes he's obviously with Grammy. Or whatever he gonna bring something too. He somehow has gotten away with not bringing a car. Every time. So we might need to tighten up a little bit. 
But what, his car what, collection is getting crazy. I was about to ask, what's Theo's garage looking like? <laughs> Bro, he got stuff like this. Like, this old school. This must have been his uncle's. It's like a BMW M1 from the 80s. So wow. I don't even know what he got right here. Yo. You know what I'm saying? So he's <laughs> he got crazy stuff. So my um my mother-in-law is giving a lot of the old toys that my brother-in-law, you know, she still has. So she gives them those. They probably got lead in them or something. We need to kind of keep our eyes on that. But, you know, then she'll give him some new joints or whatever. So he got a nice little collection. Word. Yeah. Like in a couple of years, we're going to do the RC car thing. Like, mm. like the videos on YouTube, but he not real. I don't think he ready coordination wise to really do it. So. Yeah. Me and my sister were just talking about getting remote control cars for Christmas. That was reminding me. I got to yeah. go see. Cause we saw some people playing with him in the park. We're like, that looks like fun. So. <laughs> yeah, we saw some cats playing with them on the street. They go fast. Yeah. Like you, my brother used to do it, and he used to put them together, um, mm-hmm. or whatever. Now you could just buy them already together, you know, mm-hmm. and then jump like forty miles per hour. Yeah. Like, All right, a couple more years, we gonna get it. We gonna get it. <laughs> right. So <laughs> I, I dug up a tweet of yours Uh-oh. from 2013. He said, "Need to get my masters before I get some kids." Yeah. You remember tweeting that? I failed. <laughs> I failed. But we close. I graduated in a couple months. Okay. <laughs> was that was that master's degree or you I thought you meant music masters? Oh, no, nah, I meant master's degree, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. but you so you are back in school? Yeah, yeah. I'm working on an MBA right now. Ah, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Congrats. Appreciate Wait, you, brother. Where you at? UNC. Okay. Yep. That's what's up. Scholars that's making cool. dollars. That's what's up. <laughs> Listen, man, you gotta, you gotta, you, 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 you cannot like take one hustle and ride it out, especially if it's music. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you gotta have multiple hustles, man. And you know that's just something that um actually it's funny. I actually did like one semester at Georgia State, fresh out of undergrad, and mm-hmm. it was like by that time it was like, yo, I ain't got money, bro. I can't. I can't do this. I got no money, you know, so I figured I would do it, um, you know, work somewhere and um, have them pay for it, you know, and everybody had to, you got to stay there two years and I kind of, you know, did my thing here and kind of kept moving up, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, now it's just the right time, you know, mm-hmm. well, last summer was the right time to start, so. Congrats, congrats. So what, is father, how, what does fatherhood mean to you now mm-hmm. after being a father? Like, how did your perception of your of being a, of being a father change? Man, so uh, it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day. A um, couple of things, man. Like, you know, you joke around and you say, oh, especially if it's a little boy, you say, oh, my legacy, blah, 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 blah. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's deeper than that. It's like this is a, a little human that's going to have to navigate in this world. You know, and one day, sad to say, um, you know, we're not here. You know, and so it's like, wow, so it is a great task to be a father and obviously, you know, have my wife as his mother to kind of instill in him, you know, it's our opportunity to contribute to society, you know, what I can control Mm -hmm. and make sure this young man has, you know, a firm foundation, you know, from from being a Black man perspective, you know, making sure like some of the things we didn't have growing up that in our community wasn't, you know, prevalent like financial literacy and and, and the importance of credit and, and you know these little mm-hmm. small things that matter you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying um my opportunity to improve 
our people through this young man that I have direct, you know, responsibility for. You know what I'm saying? And trying to make the best human being that I can. So it's kind of it's scary, bro. It's 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 definitely scary. You know, I find myself saying little things here and there, and I gotta make sure he's not there to hear it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oops, I hope he didn't just see that. You gotta be careful what you instill in your kids, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, not to get all corny and stuff, but you know, you know, we talk politics and we talk all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Those things, man, you know, become instilled in these kids, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So making sure he you know, is a tolerant kid, make sure he loves everybody, respects everybody, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Those things that really matter, you know, that comes from, primarily comes from parents, in, in mm-hmm. my opinion, or, or your guardian, you know what I'm saying? So it's a big responsibility, bro. I mean, like I said, I know it's corny, he's just one kid, but, you know, we can keep him on the right track and, and make sure he, you know, get the same upbringing that we got. That, you know, small percentage can help, you know what I'm saying? How did being a dad enhance your relationship with your dad and your parents in general? Yeah, man. So, like, it's funny. My brother um, had kids before me, and I used to be a critic. You know, oh, man, why you do da 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 You know, why you drink half the water and just leave the bottle laying around? You know, I'm like, okay, he got no kids, blah, 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 blah. And then now it's kind of like, okay, you know what? It's deeper than just rules regulations put this out here expect them to do it you know there's a lot of love and a lot of uh, learning to be done on both sides and for me it's like a lot of things that he's still just two and a half but a lot of things that I actually still remember it's like I find myself doing it and um honestly I'm turning into my dad it's weird it's weird bro I'm like what the and, and so I feel like I need to call my dad more now it is the craziest thing I feel like I need to call him more you know, we'll say thank you. Just the other day, I told um, my wife, I was like, yo, I'm going to call my dad and be like, yo, I I understand even more now how things were back in the day, why things went the way they went, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I love you and I appreciate you for it because it's like having a little soul that you're responsible for. It's like, that's serious stuff, brother. You know? Brother, I, empathy is the word I use for yeah. my dad now my dad passed in 2018 but okay. i think about thank you i think about what he was doing when he was my age mm-hmm. like like how I, i'm for I, I gotta count now i can't remember how old i am i'm 47 so mm-hmm. i always count back to figure out like what was my dad doing when he was like in his mid 40s and mm-hmm. i remember how old i was and i'm like fuck how did he do it? <laughs> like, how did he raise a teenager in the nineties in Brooklyn yeah. without right. losing his mind? Right. How? It's crazy. Because at crazy. my my high school reunion is coming up, and I just got a notification today. I tweeted about I was like, my thirtieth high school reunion is coming up in the May. I gotta save the date. And mm-hmm. I think about my dad when I was starting college and what he was going mm-hmm. through and the anxiety he had mm-hmm. making sure I got into a good school and how they were going to pay for it and I'm like Phew. how so- bro <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> man our parents are superheroes man especially you know what I'm saying what they had to go through mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like it's, it's it's just crazy it's amazing it's this inner strength that we you know probably you know hopefully we don't have to go through what they went through but probably mm. can never understand it you know at all at, at all you know man. you're doing well too so 
you know what I'm saying? Your, your father, you know, is definitely a, a victory. You know what I'm saying? And that's definitely what, that's making what's them up. proud. Yes, sir. I I can't I can't leave without letting people know this this interesting tidbit. I can't remember how it happened, but you put me on the Kendrick Lamar. Like ah, we were, yeah. we were tweeting one day and I was asking you about what you were working on and you were like, yo, I got a song coming out with this kid, Kendrick Lamar. I'm like, yeah, it's on this thing called Section 80. And I was like, huh? Not I went to listen <laughs> to that. And I said, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, man, that brother right there. Yeah, it, it's so... Um... If the question is how, like, how did that happen? Yeah. Uh, once again, LAS, man. Um, so J Rock was signed to one of them labels, and L was actually sending beats for me to mm -hmm. TDE. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because when we actually got in the studio, they actually thought a lot of the beats was LAS because, you know, mm -hmm. he's just sending them out. He wasn't trying to, you know, be funny or anything, but it came from him. And it was like, when I was playing beats, it's like, yo. Yo, and they was rapping and stuff to it or whatever. They already had songs written. So um, I think I heard J-Rock freestyle over a beat of mine. And somebody mm -hmm. on my team, in my opinion, took the wrong energy. They was like, yo, man, what's up with that? Do -do 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 -do. I was like, that shit hot, though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my boy in LA put me in contact with Punch. And I was like, yo. Um, I heard that joint that um, J Rock was freestyling on. We actually had like a, a song um, in the books, um, and I forget what it was called now. Um, but um, something about uh, I forget what it's called now. I ended up being on his um, debut album, but um, I heard the record. I was like, "Yo, um, yo, let's work." You know, I was like, "Yo, you, you know, don't even worry about the joint." Like, God, let's let's just get together and work. So mm. I met them in Atlanta. Um, so it was me. It was Punch. And it was Kendrick, and Kendrick hadn't he hadn't come out yet. Mm. Um, and it was, was J-Rock, and I had my little bro with me. Um, shout out to 151. Um, and um, it's funny, uh, one of the cats from Justice League was actually playing beats at the time. And uh, we were, so we was in the cut or whatever. As soon as they got done, you know, I went and played some joints, reintroduced myself or whatever. I said, like, oh, yeah, da 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 da, da. And, and then um, played joints, and him and, and K-Dot was there listening. They was going back and forth with flows and stuff. Like I said, um, then I went and chopped up a punch. Um, and then at one point, me and K-Dot was on the side just rapping. And then mm -hmm. we got we got deep and it found out, like, we got extremely similar stories. Like, mm -hmm. you know, both of us come from, you know, very tight-knit families, spiritual families, um, families who are affiliated with some things, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But we was the ones they would not allow to get too deep into that. Like, mm -hmm. literally, both of us mm -hmm. had that in common. Uh, we was like, and then we were just, you know, some other things we were talking about. We was like, wow, we got a lot in common, bro. And then, um, so we exchanged information. And um, and he had actually already used um, some stuff on some of the earlier earlier records, like the mixtape type stuff. Mm -hmm. So we we, we kind of got together, worked on a whole bunch of joints. And then it got weird because somehow he had beats of mine that I had gave to other artists that they were trying to get him to work on. And then like when I when I heard it, um, like I was working with my boy Steve Careless, shout out to Steve O. We had an artist we were trying to break, and they said some stuff to Kendrick. And when I heard, it, I was like, Yo, that's Kendrick. I had Kendrick Lamar. I was like, Yo, this you. He's like, Yeah. I was like, Yo, I did that joint. He's like, Yo, destined to work. We're not destined to work. And then we just, you know, we formed a relationship then. And um, you know, so the average Joe came out. Um, 
you know, it's the story behind that. And then um, some other joints, joints the world hasn't heard yet. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not clout chasing, you know, saying something I'm not going to leak it. Cats always be like, yo, you got to leak it. Nah, I'm not going to leak it. Not gonna leak. We do got a joint called Good Kid, Mad City. You know mm. what I'm saying? Um, that predates the album itself. Wow. Um, and, and some other joints. A joint called um, Seventh Day, which um, that joint's pretty hot. That joint's really hot. We got a couple. We got a lot of joints. Um, and then Section 80 came out. I gotta come down to to your house to your crib and let you play them for me. I gotta oh, hear these whenever, whenever, bro. You let me know when you are somewhere between North Carolina and Atlanta. I'll tell you where I actually live at. <laughs> You're welcome to stop through any any time, my brother. I will. Anytime. I will. Yeah. Well, I, I want to thank you for stopping through the Fathers Who Bother podcast and sharing yeah. your your new dad experiences the two and a half year old uh, getting them to sleep and eat and <laughs> have you have you you potty training him yet yeah the starting the starting it's, how is that going uh i mean it, i don't know how it's supposed to go but he tells me he tells her when he gotta do it i'm like okay. all right cool right now we're like keep telling us let us know when you gotta do it so you know you walk around be like yo you gotta poop He's like, uh, not yet. You know, it's just, just conversation. That's, that's right the now. main thing. That's the yeah. main thing. With my mm-hmm. daughter, we just woke up one night. We heard her after, you know, all the trial and error. Mm-hmm. We just heard a door open and we heard the seat go down and we went in and there she was sitting there, just little feet swinging. Word. We were like, yay, she did it. <laughs> she didn't know what. She was like, why are y'all stri- like bugging out? I'm just here trying to use the bathroom. But yeah. she had done it unprompted nice. on her own. So we were like... So you had it in there already. She kind of just decided she was going to use the facilities. Right. Nice. <laughs> I'm buying one tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, the potty. The potties help. The little the little seats and stuff, they help. Yeah. And that's yeah. the last phase right there in terms of the... Not mostly the hard stuff, but the mm. early life type stuff, you know? And then we got to start talking about school. And the COVID thing is... That makes that you know that conversation. We gotta be real strategic. Yeah, it's 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 hard. We we kept my daughter out for like a year, a whole year, Mm -hmm. and she was not happy. She's Mm -hmm. a social person. She likes her teacher. She likes being in school. So being schooling from home was not for her. But she stuck it out. You know, we were able to get her vaccinated, and so we feel a little safer. We literally got an email Friday saying well yes there was a person who tested positive but you don't have to quarantine yet and blah blah blah, blah. So mm-hmm. like, ah. yeah people starting to get real lax with the rules bro real <laughs> lax <laughs> so yeah keep keep little man at home for a little while longer <laughs> so, so. got a little bit of time you know what i mean you gotta start thinking about masks and stuff like that so right right sport, so you know he'll, he'll enjoy it word well wildfire thank you brother for coming through sure. give my best to the wife and the family you do and, same. Um, keep 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 us posted on the comings and goings and the, the new fire absolutely got some and coming brother got some coming tag me man at yeah. jail barrow at fathers of bother let us know for sure we'll do all right brother take all care right, brother, love talk to you all right